Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to reasonable languages for all ages, listeners should know that this is a podcast that may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., may bear resemblance to persons living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. We'll start to my right, just to let us know who you are and who you're playing, and we'll go from there. This is Lonnie. I'll be playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, civil engineer, and current murder suspect for no reason whatsoever. Oh, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. To his right. I am Anastasia Edwina Fairchild, otherwise known to my friends as Stasi. I tend column through a numerous well-known Chicago-based magazines, and, well, a few dalliances, and a few late-night cha-cha-chas. Yes, I think the last time we saw Stasi, um, she was recovering from a hangover, right? Uh, that's fairly safe to say, <laughs> yeah. considering that's generally her mornings, anyway. Right. Common state. Yeah, of course. Bloody Mary. Full of vodka. Bless her. And you, sir, at the end. Jack Doyle, Private Dick. Also, murder suspect, and depending on how you define it, actual murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think we know how we define it, Mr. Doyle. It's not um, murder if they weren't resisting. <laughs> <laughs> they attacked me with self-defense. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. I would have thought you said they attacked you with self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> he attacked me with self-defense, so I self-defended myself yes. first. <laughs> it wasn't very effective. <laughs> and you, sir. <laughs> uh, this is James. Uh, tonight I'm going to, of course, be playing Dr. Sigmund von Tartenbach, uh, the, the amiable doctor who is slowly but surely sliding into the eternal pit of insanity. And enjoying every moment of the time. having a fairly good time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Last but most certainly not least. Tiffany, I am playing Maeve O'Shea, who just translated some things that made her brain break. Again? Mm, yes, yeah, so uh, we had a small vignette episode last week for our, our listeners, and Miss O'Shea seems to have stumbled upon a rather interesting method of translating old texts. It's been wonderful. Oh. Did you eat them? <laughs> so, <laughs> she did it by osmosis. We won't tell you where she <laughs> We are going to be- begin tonight's session Tuesday, March 27th, 1923. Doctor, some cleanup work had to be done after your um, patient had an issue there mm-hmm. in the uh, in the back room. You you spent most of the balance of Monday afternoon and evening after you of course had, had told Lily that she could have a little vacation time. Uh, you spent most of it with the mop and the bucket, um, carefully and thoroughly attempting to clean whatever acidic 
slime. Mess and slime. Your uh, for, the, the former orderly had spit up all over your back room. And also hiding the body. Yeah. Uh, we hadn't really delved very deeply into what you were going to do with it, but I, I would like to know at some point what your plan are, so maybe think on that for a moment. Oh, yeah. The rest of the characters, the rest of the investigators that were probably stopped back to their regular houses and or apartments and got a night's rest. Shower. Shower. <laughs> Long shower, bath, whatever. I don't care if it was a garden hose. It had to come off. Ew. I know what you were doing, Miss O'Shea. I'm, I'm aware. Oh, do you have a letter there? Yeah, I do. Okay. It's interesting. I didn't know if it came Tuesday or if this is coming. It actually came. It's it. When you find it, it is it is Tuesday morning, but it must have come Monday. You were okay. a little bit busy Monday, yeah. so maybe you didn't recognize it right away. I guess the question then is, uh, Mr. Forsyth, Mr. Doyle, where are you spending your Tuesday morning? When, um, when you when you wake up with uh, kind of everything still semi-fresh of what happened with the orderly today, well, what's what's your plan for the day? Let's refresh my memory. Um, I was supposed to get in, somebody was supposed to get in touch with me. Yes, you have a call out. You have a call out in hopes of getting in touch with a man named Jackson Elias. Yes. Jackson Elias is, as far as you know, someone who might be a, uh, a scholar or some sort of writer. He's supposed to assist you and Miss O'Shea with maybe uh, figuring out some things. All right, well, I don't want to be too far away from the phone. Mm -hmm. So I will spend most of my day in the office. You had requested him call you there? Or was it Miss O'Shea's that you had him? No, it would have been my place. Okay. Or was it the doctor's? It might have been the doctor's. It may have been the doctor's. Right, so then I would be going to the doctor's. Okay. Mr. Forsyth? is is uh, quite at loose ends, actually. Um, I don't have any any current business engagements, of course, because of the current unpleasantness. And at the moment, I'm kind of waiting to hear more information from the more involved members of our little club. Okay. And it's much too early in the day to start drinking, however much I'd like to. Oh, don't, never say never. <laughs> I have no idea of what you speak. I'm, I'm sure you don't, madam. And you're not there anyway. If you are there, this 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 is a very definite situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Doctor's mopping the back room and whistling a jaunty tune. Something bold and barbarian. So not a sea shanty. Not so much. Okay. Um, you're stopping over to the yep. doctor's office. Okay. Continue. Well, stop. Of course, I go to the the office to make sure I don't have any messages or mail or not as of yet okay then i'll go to the doctor's office okay hey doc oh good morning mr joy any coffee of course there's a part in the store right feel free mr doyle yes uh actually you pour me a cup please like talk are they irish uh of course german but <laughs> <laughs> Um, just a side note, when 
when you taste the coffee, mm-hmm. Mr. Doyle, you can tell if there's a difference between the way the doctor makes the coffee and the way Lily makes the coffee. <laughs> My coffee is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Lily not here today? I gave Lily a few days off. She uh, needed to recuperate. Mm-hmm. Her sensibilities are, while strong, not perhaps dedicated to this. Yeah, it's been a rough week for the weekend for everyone. Indeed. It has been something of a doozy. So, what did you ever say? We need to get rid of um, the gentleman caller in the back room. Oh, yeah, well, I was thinking about that. I thought maybe we could just get a bottle, dump, dump him in the alley somewhere, coppers if they could get a, bad, a batch of bad hooch or something. A, a noble plan this would, would definitely work, but unfortunately, he has been. Um, Vivisected. A bit. <laughs> so you cut him up? A small amount. I needed to find out how he was capable of holding and spitting that large amount of whatever that was. So what'd you find? Well, um, <laughs> what you what you found was actually curious. So it see, the, the the human body is actually pretty well packed with all sorts of fun little organs. But it appears that uh, his body had reconstituted part of his liver hmm. into some different type of gland. And that's really what tripped you off to it first. <laughs> ping, ping, ping. Tap a glass jar. This used to be a human liver. Used to be? I don't know what it is now. Uh, I might as well call it the Tattenback for all I know, but it's completely new. The thing is, is that the organ now has, when you when you vivisected, when you remove the organ itself, the, one of the reasons why you removed it is because it had totally different exit paths now. It had two different exit paths from the liver. Ones that did not include going anywhere near the intestines. It's as if it became a repository for whatever fluid he eventually vomited up. Akin to a venom sack? Mm, Pretty close. This is where the bile comes from. I'm going to call it bile, for lack of a better term. Uh, Goo seems unprofessional. This is, I believe, where it comes from. And humans don't have ordinarily. So how would a human get this? Um, mail order? You want a raffle? As mine, Mr. Boy. Uh, I'm, I, all I can guess is perhaps that perhaps there's a bloodborne pathogen via the exposure in the slaughter yards. I don't know. I'm, so you're telling me some disease turned this guy's liver into a venom sack? Well, uh, in so many words, sure. Uh, for lack of a better thing. I, I, I don't even know where to go with this. More? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, you wake up, you attend to what you need to do as far as your particulars in the morning, Miss O'Shea, and then you find said letter. Um, how far okay. away is Arkham? It's definitely East Coast. So okay. it's Massachusetts-ish, right. by what you remember. 
I guess uh, I'm gonna give them a call. Arkham. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you pick up the receiver on your phone and you tap the handle a few times to get the operator. And the operator says, "Operator." Hi, can I make a call uh, to uh, Dr. Garrett at Arkham Asylum? Dr. Garrett. Arkham Asylum. Do you know city, state? It's in Massachusetts. Long distance, hon. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it'll probably take me about an hour or so to make the call. Okay. And if you just... Is this the... You'll be right here? Yeah. Okay. Just sit tight. <laughs> and um, you hang up. Yep. And I'll... Uh Make breakfast and you do your, you do some things. Yes. Early in the morning, uh, you your phone eventually does ring back, um, and you pick it up and you hear kind of some strange clicking noises on the other end of the phone. That's getting go through. Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum. Hi. Um. Is Doctor Garrett available? Uh. No. Doctor Garrett is not available. Mask who's calling? Uh, Maeve O'Shea. I'm calling on behalf of Leah. Hmm. I see. I don't expect the doctor in today. Maybe tomorrow. Can I take a message for him? Uh, can you have him uh, give me a call in regards to my mother? Sure. As soon as he is in? Of course. Does the doctor have your information? I don't know if he has the correct information right now, but I will relay it to you in case. You give him the information. He takes it down. You can hear him hear the shuffling of paper. Thank you, Miss O'Shea. We'll be in touch. Where to? Uh, I'm going to go to the university. Okay. The okay. University of Chicago? Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Are you going to a certain someone's office? Yes. Okay. If he's in, he might be in class. I get that, so. You do your best to wander the halls a little bit, at least back towards his building. You get all the way back to where uh, Dr. James Pierce's office is. Uh, you round the corner. You approach his door. And there is no name on the door. Okay. Does it look like... So he's cleaned up the outside of it, too? No, he said he was going on vacation, right? He did. Okay. Are you you well, doctor? I would be fine. (laughs) Can I... is Is his office locked? Oh, you could try the handle. Yeah, I'm going to. It looks like it's open. I'll open it. I'll at least check on his cat. You open the door to find what looks like an empty storehouse. There is an, a shelf, a book, a desk, a chair. It's all been cleaned out. In a matter of, what, 12 hours? Uh, yeah, more or less. Excellent. That doesn't make me, uh... Okay, um... This one is also in in Massachusetts, too, right? Yes. 
as far as you are aware, Mr. Cross is in Massachusetts. He went to school here locally. That's how you know him. And then he did his residency and then his, basically his uh, graduate studies there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything in this building? Well, yeah, I mean, there are classrooms. Well, there are, there are teachers' offices. And well, where his was, it was mostly empty, right? Mostly empty, yep. So the five or six, if we remember from the vignette, five mm-hmm. or six offices around there were empty as well. Right. And he was kind of tucked away mm-hmm. in the back. Okay. Yeah, not even a, not even a bowl for a, the cat's milk. I'm gonna go home. <laughs> Okay, we go home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Mr. Forsyth, where does your day take you? Probably I would wait until a reasonable hour, and then I would probably go to the lodge. Okay. Yep. You go to the lodge. <laughs> I think I need some normal people in my life right at the moment. Sure. Some normal conversation. Hear what's going on in the world. You spend a few hours around some norms yes yeah it's a it's a small group that's uh, there today no more than maybe three or four mm-hmm. it looks like most of them are either working or engaged in other activities but there are a few there mm-hmm. you get a chance to commiserate a bit try to kind of recenter your mind yeah that there are normal people in the world the only thing really that digs in at you a bit is the memories of what happened at Dunning are still pretty fresh in your head. Well, yeah, I mean, I had to break down. I mean, and who knows when the detective will, will be looking for me about that as well. I mean, he may not be because it's not a uh, Chicago place. And to tell the truth, they may never know. We didn't present identification when we were there. No, we did not. So they just have a general description of a large man who burst in their door and keep, stole an orderly. Keep in mind that in the early 20s, there are very few forms of actual regular identification. Yeah. I mean, Chicago issued a driver's license, so you probably would have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. But it's not... Um, they wouldn't demand to see it at no, the asylum. It is not in the same fashion. No. Uh, Mr. Doyle has a, um, a PI's license. Yeah. But it's only upon necessary, only upon certain situations right. you'd ever need to produce it. So there's a big difference between now and then as far as regular identification. There's no cameras to speak of. There's no. You're going to have eyewitness accounts, and that's about it. You're sketchy. Uh huh. Especially yeah. there. So maybe, <laughs> just maybe, you're okay. Maybe. And after all, who's going to bring, I believe, a bunch of. Weird orderlies at a, a insane asylum. I mean, especially because probably a couple of them still have swords lying around on the floor where they got shot. Maybe. Or maybe somebody cleaned them up. <laughs> I imagine someone probably picked them up. Janitor or something. Hey, speaking of which, yes. A paper. Uh huh. A morning paper. Okay. Is there anything in the morning paper about um, an incident at the asylum? You know, Mr. Doyle, the paper is suddenly absent of that incident. Hmm. Hmm. It occurs to me I have a sample of water from that. You do? 
pump house. You absolutely do have a sample of water from the pump house. And since that's not the least disturbing thing at the asylum, but I can't help but wonder if it might be related. So maybe I should examine the, or have the sample examined. Okay. How would you do that? Water testing requires a chemist. Yep. There should be any number of available people involved in water control because we are in Chicago. It's a large, it's a large problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, no, water water quality is, is is a large problem because a lot of a lot of water gets pulled from the lake, but the lake is also not without its share of contaminants and other things. So I would probably ring up someone and ask if they could examine a sample of water which was taken from my neighbor's well and see if there's anything wrong with it because he says it tastes strange. Okay. Who? I would look in the, in the phone book. Careful. We're, we're, we're having a problem in the period here. There's no phone books. Oh, there, no. There are very few phone books, mm -hmm. right? And they don't get regularly dropped off at your doorstep. No, no, they don't. So the question would be is, what skill would you use to attempt to locate uh, a chemist? Um. I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but. Actually, I do know what skill I would use here. What's that? I think I would use my architecture knowledge because tradesmen who build things, well, water and plumbing are essential parts of it. Okay, I'll buy that. So I would probably make a visit to the trade hall. Okay. And see if anyone knows a chemist. Sure, give us a roll. Uh, engineering. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that is an ought four. Oh, wow. Out of 51. Well done. Okay, so that's an extreme success. You are at the trade hall. Uh, various architects, various uh, planners are planning, uh, looking over some of the <coughs> some of the newer buildings that their people are proposing. And you run smack dab into a man named Simon Linnell, a man you've worked with uh, in a tertiary past uh, uh, projects, right? You know of him uh, only because he's not a somewhat renowned chemist by any means, but he works directly with the Chicago Water Treatment Plant. Yes. So he is quite possibly the perfect person to talk to about this issue. And he doesn't even look dizzy. Simon, good to see you. Oh, Mr. Forsythe, how are you? Yes, yes, uh, wonderful. Uh, yes, um, having a bit of a problem, and you might be able to help me with it. Well, he checks his pocket watch. You have 10 minutes. I have a sample of water. A neighbor um, gets, his, gets his water from a well, terribly old-fashioned. But uh, he's been lately having problems with his water quality, and he uh, was desirous of, of finding out if there's anything in the water that might be causing a problem. So he asked me if I knew anyone, because, of course, I'm an engineer. He figured that I knew someone who could test the water. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to take a look at it. Do you have the water with you? Yes, I do, sir. And I 
hand over the small yeah. bottle. Takes it, ingests it. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> It's bad. It tastes, it tastes like gin. Smishes it, spits it back into the bottle. <laughs> he walks over to a nearby uh, long table and places a rather thick briefcase on the table. And he opens it up and starts kind of withdrawing all manner of baubles from it. Mm-hmm. And he very quickly kind of puts together a what's something that kind of looks like something you might see at the doctor's office, mm-hmm. um, but it has a few more pieces to it. It's glass. There seems to be some sort I'm, of. I'm a bit concerned he was just carrying this around with him in a briefcase, frankly. <laughs> well, it seems very secure. It has all manner of leather straps and pins and whatnot. If you didn't know any better, you would say that Simon has a different profession than you knew. He works it fairly quickly. And you start seeing him pour the liquid into and out of different uh, testing beakers, mm-hmm. and he puts different sorts of uh, uh, powders in them mm-hmm. and moves them around. pH strips. Mm-hmm. And- yep. And relatively quickly, he turns to you and says, look, the sulfur content of this water is way out of hand. Where did you get this? Is this well? It's uh, out in the country. Okay. My my neighbor um, has a place in the country. He, I know it's out towards Winnetka, but I'm not exactly sure where because I've hmm. never visited it. Okay. Hmm. Winnetka. You say there's a lot of sulfur? There's quite a bit of sulfur in this water, absolutely. Well, where would, where the you only get sulfur from volcanoes? No, that's not true. Um, sulfur exists all over the earth, actually. It exerts it uh, exists down mostly in the the crust. Now, granted, the sulfur pockets around volcanoes are much larger, mm. and it's much more plentiful. Uh, but there's all sorts of potential places it can come from. Fascinating. So, what I'm going to recommend is that your friend stop drinking from this well. Because it's probably poisonous. Mm. Is there anything else I should tell? Is there a way that he could perhaps filter it? (sighs) Yeah, there are methods of filtering that he could do, but uh, most of these old wells aren't worth the time or the effort. I mean, how far is his house from regular standard pipes? I assume quite a ways. <laughs> I assume. If he's getting water out of a well, I assume that he's no, and not anywhere near uh, city architecture. Right. Well, I would tell your friend to be very careful. I will do so. Please, allow me to compensate you for your time and effort here. Well, not at all, Mr. Forsyth. It's what I do for a living. But I would tell your friend to be very careful. I will do so. Um, Boil everything. What what would having that much sulfur in the water do to, to, to you? Well, it could make you sick long term. Mm. I mean, if the content is strong enough and it's you're exposed to it over a longer period of time, it'll make you sick. Unfortunate. He kind of starts kind of closing up his back. Thank you, Mr. Lovell. If you've been uh, a masterful help. 
You're welcome, sir. Uh, and I will take off for the doctor's office. Okay. Miss Stasi, what are you up to? Well, after <clears throat> my morning coffee, and a little bit here, the dog that bit me. That damn dog keeps biting you. <laughs> I know. Even a whole dog this weekend. <laughs> I'll make sure that if I have to take one more bath, Stink off me. See, probably throw out whatever clothes were ruined from the night before. Also, yeah. also big slash across the chest. No, that was me. That's right. That was you. Yeah. So far, we have not harmed this country. I do believe I have a column that I must finish. So, unless I hear otherwise, I will make my way over my to my desk and start trying to decide how to word, how to put on the most elegant meal in the, for the flapperage or whatever, some stuff that they want. You begin piecing together the, well, hopefully what's going to help sustain you financially. Yeah, that, that and my darling out in California. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you give it a good hour or two before your brain is actually functioning. Usually the first yes. hour of your creative process is a little hit or miss, mostly miss. Mm -hmm. But once the synapses start firing, uh, you can kind of get the feel of, feel of it. Probably about halfway down the page you realize that your writing has turned a little dark. Some of the things you're talking about aren't as exuberant and exciting. They're more cautionary tales, if anything. You're not really sure where it's coming from. Hmm. Well, if the muse is upon me, let's see where this goes. Maybe I'll have an article for the American. You continue to write. Um, by the end of the page, it's... It's definitely something. Maybe it needs another draft. Hmm. But you have a good idea. And good ideas are hard to keep a hold of. Sometimes they're easy to find for writers, but they're hard to keep a hold of. And it will allow the muse to flow through if mm -hmm. I'm in a streak. Uh, by the second and third pages, you definitely have the feeling for something you have the idea that uh, the flapper age, if this is what it truly is becoming, mm -hmm. is something humanity's been waiting for. It's as if something is being born, and you have the opportunity, you tell the reader that they have the opportunity to watch, to watch something epic be born, and... It's only because you've gone through so much strife in the past four or five years. The war, all of the misspent luxuries of the, the Titanic sinking. You draw on all these things that have been previous lodestones around the, the necks of the populace for so long. And now you feel this inner surge of freedom. I haven't been in this inspired in ages. 
yeah. will I will sub succumb to the succumb to, to the it. flow okay. of the of the writer's muse. Wonderful roll pile. It's, it's how it's dangerous. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. How can be very useful. Oh yeah. How can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Missed it by one. You can spend luck. Three minutes. You know what? I will. will. Mm. So that'll be that'll get me power. That's the rumor that okay. that's gonna be. So I shall spend one luck to get to bring me to power since I am one. Okay. You, you invest a piece of yourself into this writing, and it takes you the better part of the morning. Mm -hmm. But once it's out, you feel like it's worth a million bucks. A Pulitzer. Mm. I smell a Pulitzer. Easily. How many pages did I end up with? You get, you get to five. Okay. Pretty okay. sizable article, especially for a paper. I don't see this going to the American. I think the Tribune needs this. Hmm. Fancy. Mm. Well, they haven't. I haven't submitted anything for a while. I'm sure my editor will be overjoyed to see my name in print again. Um, so you are going to the doctor's, the doctor's office. The uh, doctor's office door opens and Mr. Forsyth is there. Doctor. Mr. Mr. Doyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Forsyth. Mr. Forsyth. Please, come in. There's coffee on the stove. Thank you. <laughs> and whiskey. No. <laughs> There's coffee aid on the desk. <laughs> I will just get coffee. After the college, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to collect my papers. Yep. I'm going to pack a bag. Mm -hmm. You're leaving this town. <laughs> <laughs> Smartest move you could have made. GTFO. Listen, make, I'm out of here. Make the shape of a cactar. <laughs> Later, y'all. <laughs> um, thousand needles. I'm going to, yeah, collect all my stuff, get my, my specific books. Yeah. And then I'm going to make one last phone call. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, it's gonna take another hour because I'm gonna call. I'm gonna try and get a hold of Chris Defer Ross, Mr. Cross. Mr. Cross. So you make the long distance call. They tell you that it was gonna. I'm gonna have to wait. It, it, no, actually, um, because of your call earlier, it'll be easier to originate that call. Mm. Easy to get those lines back in order. Um, easier anyway. Not an immediate, so it won't take you nearly as long. Uh, so. I'll just pack and get my stuff together while yeah. I wait. Uh, the phone rings back again. Uh, it's the university. Okay. The Miskatonic secretary that calls you back says that Mr. Cross, is, Professor Cross, is teaching, okay. and that the best she can do is offer to take a message for you, and that she'll transfer it to him at his earliest convenience. Um, do you know what his schedule is like? Uh, Professor Cross teaches daily except for the weekends when he heads back to Arkham. Okay. Heads back to Arkham? The town. Oh. The town of Arkham? Right. She clarifies. Correct. Okay. Can you just let him know that uh, Mabel Shea called and mm -hmm. then I'll leave my number? Of course, ma'am. Aren't you leaving town though? Won't leaving your number be? It probably will, but <laughs> we'll see. So, okay. I'm going to uh, head over to the doctors. Okay. 
So, um, Mr. Forsyth, you're there with the uh, the other other two gentlemen, and uh, the doctor seems to be cleaning, and Mr. Doyle seems to be drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. Right. Oh, oh, right. Coffee. Coffee. Sorry. Reading the paper. Or the lack of stories in the paper. M- mopping. You're mopping. Con- consistently mopping the back room. Still, it's everywhere. How did it get under the? This is ridiculous. Mr. Doyle, would you please move that into the bookcase? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kerosene probably taking it uh, someplace. I'm thinking some sort of hobo camp, uh, some sort of abandoned bit of facility. Yeah. Um, teeth will probably need to be removed. Yeah. Hmm? You're, you're way ahead of yourself. You know, dental records. Dental records were a thing in 23, weren't they? Um, I'd have to double check. Well, probably not by the FBI to check them, though. Right. Yeah, the, there is no FBI yeah, yeah, at this so. point. Uh, at least not in the way we're Remember, yeah, they that. just started yeah. like talking about fingerprinting, but right. a lot of places still yeah. think it's witchcraft. Most people, if they were going to be identified, if someone was going to identify a body, it would be visually, and they'd have to do it relatively within, you know, kerosene. Kerosene. John from Lake Michigan. What do you? What do you? What are you even doing? Oh, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah. it can be identified. Then we have. Well, then we have to get them into Lake Michigan. Hmm. It's too bad you don't know like a place that cuts up meat. Right. I know. I'm like, we should just drop it off at the. Uh, I'm still curious as to what happens if we just throw it in the pit. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't mean, we have a great idea. You know what? We do have to go. Wait, who said anything about a pit? Oh, uh, <laughs> we. I said something about. I said that there okay. would be a pit there, probably. <laughs> just. Oh no! Just, and what's her name? The. Yeah, she did say something about. There's a she pit. said, I "Yeah, it's a joke." Come I assume. I assume. I assume that's where they There's go. There's one. The don't tell us we're crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! James, you James. Okay, so um, after a little while, you show up at the doctor's office. She shows up with a bag, like like I'm 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 a going somewhere bag. My mother has been moved far, um, so I may have to check on her. Oh, okay. Uh, But I did um, find some information. So. The thing with my mother may be related as well because I may have come across something because people are disappearing like they were never there. And it's like somebody's moving stuff in my life now. Now, when you say moving things in your life, you mean removing things? Like as in they are no longer there? Yes. I went to go see an old colleague of my father's. Hmm. Now, he said he was going on vacation. Sure. So, I mean, him being gone is no big deal. Sure. But when I tell you he had an office mm. packed floor to ceiling with books mm. and stuff mm. and a cat, and I go less than 12 hours later to go visit his cat, maybe pick up another book, it's gone. It's cleaned out. His name is no longer on the door. Well, it sounds like he was more than just leaving town. It sounds like he's been... But that's going to take nice. more than 12 hours to clean. Well, true, unless you have a large group of, a large group of men. <sighs> a group of people could do that in an hour or two without a problem. Professional just seems movers. like he didn't... All he had was a bag with him. I don't think he would leave all of his books. 
Well, obviously he didn't. Perhaps the books were why he was taken. But he just said that he was going on vacation, like he was coming back. Hmm. And now my now I find out from a friend that I haven't seen in quite some time that my mother's been moved. Now, where's your mother originally? Um, she was in town. She oh, was at... Uh, she was at... Does it say where she was at? I can't it, did, it does not say on that, no. Yeah. But I would think she was in town. She was at a facility west of town. So close, right. but west of town. Right. I'm concerned if they are targeting family and loved ones. Wait, this makes no sense. They don't even know who she... How would they even know who she is? Because I have translated some of this. Did you? I also found a similar story that happened. So remember how I told you about the story about the snake and the guy, uh, there's an old native story that if he basically worshipped the snake creature that uh, the snakes would leave him alone, whatever. There is also, I found uh, several, a similar story at a later time from explorers in Ohio, but same story, different people. Hmm. Same snake. Same snake, same story. Ohio. Same. And I also found a picture. Oh, I'm going to pull out the book that I had with that one. Okay, you pull out the book. Of, with Quetzalcoatl with the different colors. It's, yes, it's an, it's an older book. Ooh. But his scales are, he's brown and gold instead of being multicolored. Okay. But you could be, Sazzy. What are you doing after you write your article? Hmm. Well, I'm sure I feel a burden lifted off of my shoulders. Absolutely. I suppose I should take check in with the gang and see where we what? stand. So I shall call the doctor's office. Okay, the doctor's phone rings. If you're all right, oh, Dr. Friedelieber. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tartenbach's office, Lily speaking. Darling, Dr. T. <laughs> I see you've managed to survive. How are we? Uh, well, I'm fine. Miss Doyle is here. Mr. Forsyth is here. Miss O'Shea is here. Um, she has some multiple layers of disturbing news. It's like a disturbing news cake. I'm beginning to feel a little hmm, left out. Then by all means, come, spread the joy. <laughs> Enjoy. I don't know. Is all of that slime... Uh, oh yes, hundred percent cleaned up, and um, all gone. And Bio no ones. trace left. Uh, I'm sure that will be. I I I'm sorry, I can't hear you, but we'll see you when you get here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm going to go to. Why not? All right. So I hail a cab. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. And indeed. And head to the doctor's office. All right. We'll redline your travel. Thank Let you. me just clarify. It's easier. That my um, my mother had a hard time after my father disappeared. Hmm. So she is in a specialist facility. Ah, well, I... Hmm, I am concerned about your mother, especially if they are targeting friends and loved ones of us. Um, however, well, I, I don't know, but I mean, I can't understand why he would... 
suddenly no first of all he knows my mother's been moved hmm. I was not contacted hmm. I, I have nothing against you going and checking I think in fact I think you should for a night but uh, I perhaps think maybe you should not do it alone the last time we went to a hospital to check on something it did not go as well right um, so let me right. clarify a couple of things the record you have Right, given the dates. Yeah. Um, it is totally new and completely new information for you for Maeve. What it shows is a record of your mother receiving psychiatric treatment while you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, I noticed the dates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is stuff you were not aware of. And you were not aware of your mother being prescribed Valium and laudanum, you had no idea. And you don't really remember a lot of the stuff that So how many about. how many years though before um my father disappeared? That's what I meant to ask you before. Well, your father's been gone for about four years now. Okay. So he disappeared in about about in and around nineteen nineteen is when he disappears. Okay. So it's at that point that you are more familiar with the side of the story where your mother was placed in a hospital. Right. What is troubling as far as this goes is a couple of things, but one of the biggest things that's troubling is that your mother was moved at some, evidently quite a while ago. And nobody told you. And no one notified you that she was being moved across the country mm -hmm. to receive some sort of specialized care that she'd been remanded to Arkham. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I was trying to keep it short and sweet for them. <laughs> sure, absolutely. A few minutes later, Miss Dottie arrives. Okay. And the game's all together. By all means, please mm. come in. Um, it does smell nicer in here. At least I can be in the room. Is there a petrol station nearby? Sure. All right. I'm going to hot foot it down to the petrol station. Okay. I'm going to pick up a can of kerosene. Yeah, no problem. Wonderful. Done, done. Wonderful. And I bring it back. You do so. Once you're done taking care of what you need to take care of, can I talk to you, like, doctors, you know, advice? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I thought I'd uh, fill you all in after reading the paper this morning. There wasn't a single word about the incident at uh, the hospital yesterday in the paper. Shocking. Thank goodness for small favors. So not surprising. That's actually, I don't think, a good thing. In fact, I think if there's no, if there's no record of the incident happening in the newspapers at all, then whoever's covering it up has enough power to completely erase the story, as well as someone, say, who is a teacher. Good teacher. Your phone rings, Doctor. Oh, Dr. Lieber. Dr. Tottenbach's office. Sigmund speaking. Dr. Tottenbach? Yes, may I ask who's calling? Yes, my name's Jackson Elias. Jackson Elias? I'm looking for a Mr. Doyle. Oh, um, I'm one moment. Let me see if he's here. I know he was here a few minutes ago. Jackson Elias. Oh, yes. He is here. Here you go. Holy <laughs> hell, I was just trying to get a hold of him. <laughs> Mr. Doyle. Mr. Doyle? Yes, Mr. Jackson Elias. Told you would uh, be trying to call. Yes, it seems I've got a little bit of time. Yes, um, we have an interesting, some interesting developments here that you might be able to shed a uh, light on. 
but there's somebody else you should probably be talking to. She seems to be in the same line of work. Miss O'Shea? Yes. Yeah, I got her telegram. Okay. She's here as well. Wonderful. Let's put you on speakerphone. <laughs> Sadly, there is no speakerphone. Right. Um, although, uh, this is a candlestick phone he has, so uh, it would be possible for more than one person to potentially listen in at the same time. Oh, yeah. Just because the, you know, yeah, yeah, old school traditional yeah. phones. There's a big bullhorn and, you know. Uh, hello? Hi, Mr. Elias. Great to hear from you. Yes, I, I did. I, I, uh, I must admit, I was a bit surprised to get the telegram, but uh, the folks at uh, the publishing house do try to keep me uh, informed when I'm in town. Well, I'm just. I was trying to exhaust all avenues. I didn't know how busy you would be. Oh, well, I am very busy, but, uh, but. Ew. Ramsey's recommended that I get in touch with Mr. Doyle, and I, you understand, I tend to take my lawyer's recommendations fairly seriously. Well, we seem to have had something that uh, is taking place here that cross-references with an incident that you wrote in um, Master of the Dark Arts. I see. Masses of the Black Arts. Now, um, you understand, of course, that these uh, the events that I wrote about are uh, obviously strictly up open to interpretation. Yes. And that at the time I was not presenting them as um, well. You have to understand, Miss O'Shea. I am was a bit, a bit of a skeptic. Bit of a skeptic. Some of my more recent travels have, have uh, made me question a few things, but I do understand uh, as somebody who does a fair bit of research on the occult that there are some rather strange individuals, and they may be involved in very strange things, some of which is very difficult to explain. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful, however, I can assist you with your problem. So. As I do with any investigation, if, if you do not particularly mind, I would like you to start at the beginning and tell me what happened. So that way I can attempt to figure out. Where are you currently? In New York? New York. In my office. Actually, I just, uh, just about got the finishing touches done on the next book. So, I am excited to finish it up because I have, uh, as I said, a few other pressing matters to attend to. Okay, the beginning. Mm, if you would. So, if you remember in um, Masters of the Black Arts, you uh, talked about the Cult of the Bloody Tongue. Yes. And they also had certain scars or symbols that were marked on their persons. Mm. Well, we came across uh, individuals that had that same marking 
we also ran across women who seemed to have been infected. Infected? This was some type of parasite? But not a small parasite. A rather large one. That reforms the entire liver into a new organ. Well, that was on that one, but the women just ended up dying because it would... So, uh, help me understand, where, where do these where do these markings come from? We don't know. The individuals that had them are no longer with us. The ones that we can find anyhow. Yes. Um, sorry, did you say that you all had have a doctor? Yes. Yes. Okay, uh, doctor. Indeed. These, um, w- what did you call them? These uh, parasites. That's uh, the best. What, what what can you make of them? Well, it um, when it first takes hold, it seems to come in through uh, some sort of bite wound, as uh, what it originally seems to be, and uh, the infection, a parasite, if it is a parasite seems to start fairly small, the size of an almond or a thumb, but it uh, begins to rapidly rearrange organs, uh, increases the body temperature, changing the blood consistency, um, reforms the liver. It is incredible after actually just a few hours. All in all, it's a frightening concept. Hmm. I see. Uh, and what, what other... What are the signs or uh, events have you run into? What what else has happened? Um, Is it just the, these parasites that you've seen? or? So we went to go see a relative of one of the individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in uh, Dunning. A mental institution. Yes. Alright. Um, and she spoke of also almost a parallel to the to the the bloody tongue that you were talking about uh she referenced a hole in the ground see uh, i i hate to be the bearer of bad news miss o'shea but you keep bringing up the bloody tongue like it's got some reference point here that is not what they do i there is nothing i have heard so far that makes me think any of this has anything to do with the bloody tongue thankfully well, I'm not but saying it's necessarily, but yeah, and it's very, what I'm saying is like as a point of reference, like that you have seen this and it draws a parallel to that cult, but it seems like they have made a couple of adjustments. So let me be very clear. Uh, the cult of the bloody tongue would not infect people with parasites. That is not their game. They chop people up. Right, they the sacrifice live sacrifices. Them. They are wholly and distinctly interested in making sacrifices. They would not bother with attempting to infect anyone with anything. Okay, have you heard the story about the uh, sacred, like a sacred snake, that if they respect and revere the snake, that another snake would never bite them? And that they become powerful? There are ma- many snakes throughout history that have been revered. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Egypt, historical Egypt is full of them. Well, sure, and so is Quetzalcoatl, but what I'm saying is... Have you been to South America? No. 
All I'm getting is from what I'm reading, which is why we need somebody who has traveled. Maybe you have seen something else. So we have these parasites. We went to go, yeah, we found, when we went to go see this relative mm. at the asylum, the staff seemed to be also a part of this particular cult that we're coming across. Is that what Mr. Doyle was talking about? Yeah, that's where we were, that's what we were, uh, we were attacked. And the, that's when the doctor was saying that the liver had changed. We were attacked inside the asylum? Yes. Yes, by some of the orderlies with these odd knife, ceremonial knives. Yeah. Ceremonial knives. They do seem With my knowledge of fencing and sword fighting, hmm. would I possibly know what kind of swords those were? They're some sort of curved blade weapon. I mean, there are a multitude of different types of melee weapons mm-hmm. from a multitude of different cultures. It's not so much a um, a kukuri, but there were some shapes there that are somewhat similar. Maybe some sort of you know fanged uh, short sword or some sort of tipped blade. It has a specific purpose. It's for kopesh ish. Yeah, well, except like more like inverted. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. very. It has a very distinct purpose, which is to rend and and gut flesh. Bent gladius. Yeah. How many of you are uh, involved in this? Uh, five of us. Hmm. All right. It's just that we have come across so many things that point to a cult. Not a specific one that you have studied, but I have seen that you have written and studied several other I have. I have. All right. So, uh, a parasite? We believe it's a parasite. I mean, to the best of our knowledge. What what other things have gone on? What other things have happened? Well, uh, Mr. Swift has disappeared. Yeah, several. uh, But we found... Who's who's Swift? He owns a meatpacking plant. Or you, yeah. Pretty much to. everybody goes back to this meat packing. Yeah, it's, we believe that's where the hole in the ground is. This pit. Hole in the ground. Yeah, yeah. or a pit. Oh, yeah, it's a We gotta go to that pit. But uh, we, we found a chant in another language. Mm. Um, we have found <laughs> drawings with writing on them that I haven't been able to um, decipher yet. What well, this but, chant? What what? Um, have you made anything of it, or is it just unintelligible? Or? No, I have. The thing is, is I've been advised not to read it aloud. Mm-hmm. That's rather ominous. Yes. I also don't think it's a good idea. I would trust your instincts. Perhaps a summary? Well, it also speaks of a snake that is golden brown. A snake that is golden brown. You hear him kind of repeat the words a few different times. And there are several South American darker deities that deal uh, with. This one is an actual snake that we found is at like an actual snake, like a pit viper in the Great Lakes area. I mean, if you want me to say his name, I can. I don't know. Last time I said it, it was real weird. I don't believe it'll attack me over the phone. Maybe not you. 
then I would say leave it to your best judgment. Um, if you look it up, it's yeah, he it's in this it's in the Texas Omaha era area. It's a Mesoamer Mesoamerican snake that they named it. I don't know if I'll have the time to look it up, Miss O'Shea. So why don't you just level with me and tell me what it is? <sighs> You're asking me to give you direction, and I'm willing to help. Massa Sagua. Good Lord, it's just a bird. Massa Saga. Sorry, it was tough to hear it. I I apologize, Doctor. I don't know if that was German or English. I don't either. <laughs> no, I don't think it's either. So Doctor is correct. It is Massasaga. I yeah. spell it. <laughs> no, he gets he gets a roll based on his actual word being said. Um, you don't feel or hear anything strange like last time. Okay. I have heard. I have heard of a group, but they're nowhere near Chicago. Closer to me than they are of you. I heard of a group. Must have been. I don't know, mid 1800s. There was a family in Massachusetts here that was supposedly involved with something like that. You say Massachusetts? Yeah, the state. Yeah, but how long ago? 70 or so years. Curious. Just before the war. Hmm, both of them. I don't. I don't exactly know what it points back to, but. What it sounds like is that something is going on in that city, mm-hmm. and it's not good. Mm-mm. And so, you have really two choices. Either you walk away, and you keep an eye out behind your back, or you figure out where it comes from and you deal with it. I, I mean, I, I'm not about to tell you to go put your lives in danger but I went through a pretty harrowing experience a few years ago where I was forced to put my life on the line but I'm here for now I mean we're if if you become the type of person that that deals with this sort of thing you're kind of in an exclusive club we're all we're all friends I mean, I can look in my books and maybe I can find something for you all to key off of, but it sounds like you're fairly hip-deep in it. Yeah, I had some good information from a doctor friend of mine that uh, worked at the University of Chicago. Mm. There's power in books. Yeah. He's gone now, though. Where'd he go? I don't know. He said he was going on vacation and everything was cleaned up after him. Sounds like a permanent vacation. Yeah, but he didn't make that... He didn't make it seem like it was going to be that long. You know, oftentimes people don't tell other people where they're going because they're doing their best to protect them. Maybe he's trying to protect you. Maybe. Or maybe he's trying to protect himself. (laughs) I'm going to the local pharmacy. Since they don't seem to need me on the phone anymore. Okay. Pick up a couple things. What do you pick? Yeah. Live soap, milk of magnesia, and uh, baking soda. Make me a medicine roll before you pick all that stuff up. It's a 
just like to know we have some hmm? plan. Yeah, well, twenty-three yeah. under seventy-five. You go off now, uh, Mister Doyle. Is there anything that you need me to have Ramsey do for you? Um, at the moment, no. I think we are we're okay. Okay. We have any other questions for uh, Mister Elias? No, I was hoping maybe he'd come across something, but you have in Massachusetts. Which is funny, because I was just talking about that state earlier. Well, it's a big state. It is. Mm. You know where about in Massachusetts this family was? (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to look at the book. Hang on. You hear him get up and comes back a few minutes later and you hear pages turning in a book. It looks like they set up shop outside Salem. Okay. But I mean, the, the family's been, they were wiped out by, looks like by 1870-ish. They were, they were done for. There's no record of them being in Salem anymore. Okay. Do you know what the name of that family was? Um, they listed here. It looks like it's uh, it's Kenton, K E N T O N Kenton. I don't have a family history or a yeah, tree for you, but that's fine. All right. Well, I think that that's all we can we have for right now. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Elias, uh, and thank Mr. Ramsey. I will, and I'll be in touch at at some point. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be at this number available. I'm gonna now that this manuscript is done. I'm I'm dropping it off, and I've got a a few appointments myself to make. But I'll I'll try to stay in touch. I'll call on you at some point. All right, we appreciate that. Be careful, Miss O'Shea. I'll try. The phone clicks. Well, that was underwhelming, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, from what I hear from what you people are saying from my end of the conversation we have to go see what this pit is yeah I think that's uh, probably our next step it does appear though just given the things that Jackson said versus what you know it does at least on the face of it appear that uh, he definitely put any squelch on it being the bloody tongue right which it sounds like is a good thing right so, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, obviously, if there's some kind of weird cult thing going on, it'd been nice to uh, put a name to it to have an idea. Because mm-hmm. then we could have found more information right. about uh, it. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Could have, yes. There are any number of heathen cults in this world. Yeah, that's Apparently. true. By now, it's probably well into the afternoon, probably 2 or 3 o'clock at this point. So, Doctor, you return with a fair amount of supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm. Have we figured out what we're doing? Well, I think we're going to have to go to the uh, the pit. I assumed that was going to be what we ended up doing. Henceforth, I'm going to make a bag of for each of you. Keep it with you. Lysop, milk of magnesia. Their bases. They'll neutralize acid. Could we run into another one of those individuals capable of spraying the room with his stomach pile? This may just allow you to keep your face skin. Well, Wait, nice. what? 
face skin. No, what spraying what around a room? Oh, were you not here? I was not in the room when that happened. <laughs> oh, he yeah. was not in the room. He was down the hall. I was yes, down the hall. Yes, our uh, a pet occultist uh, sprayed acid from his, his mouth yesterday, before right before he expired. Everywhere. It was disgusting, darling. Well, thankful I wasn't there for it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's a thing to be thankful for. If I can round up five jars easily, excellent. I fill them with a mixture of no baking soda and lye powder. Okay. And to give one to each of you. If you could spray it with the acid, dump this on it. It may help. I, I can't guarantee it. Uh, this is not a chemist. I, I, I have not studied chemistry in a long time, but this should give us a fighting chance. Oh. There's a uh, knock at the door. Well, I answer the door. Um, you see a kind of spindly-legged young man, bit of a unkempt coat and a scarf around his neck. Uh, he's wearing a slouch hat. His collar's turned up pretty high. Does he look familiar? Not really. I was trying to think of the runner that uh, I encountered before when we were uh, trying to get hold of... Uh, who was that? I step over. May I help you, sir? May I help you, young man? Maybe. What can I do for you? Is there Mr. Droll here? Uh, may I ask who's calling? Sammy Holden. Yes, please, come right in. Have a seat on the couch. Um, I will do my best to get Mr. Joy here as quickly as possible for you. He walks in. Go into the back room, you know, where we've been. So there's a young Mr. Holden here on the couch outside. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk to him? I think that's a very good idea. I also think it would be a very good idea to keep a very close eye on him. Ooh. Also, why does everybody come to the doctor's office to find you? I guess my calls, question, Mr. Like. Forsyth, is where does everyone come to the doctor's office? <laughs> <laughs> you make coffee. You have boobs. Right. <laughs> Actually, both are uh, addicts, I suppose. Will? <laughs> I'm hey, going to go into the kitchen like it, make your own and coffee. try and put together some <laughs> snacks, uh, bring out some coffee. Get off in the doctor's kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Lily's not here. Right. Mr. Holden. Then I can seem like un- unimposing and just bring out. You know. Top shelf is not food. <laughs> I uh, unobtrusively <laughs> just kind of <laughs> lean against the door. Hi, Mr. Doyle. Yeah, I know who you are. Sammy's pretty pale. Um, he's a very slight youth. Uh, he's probably no more than 120 pounds. He's probably late teens, bit of a freckled face. Uh, he has a little bit larger than normal eyes. Just battle angel Alita? No, 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 no. That's a lot. That's more. A lot <laughs> Right. No, he's not a CGI character. Oh, good. Uh, he's got his hands stuffed in his pockets. Uh, he seems... He has not sat down. So while the doctor offered him a seat, he has not sat down. Please have a seat. I'll stand if you don't mind. Suit yourself. I'm real sorry about you all getting caught up in this. 
That I wasn't my intention. Now, does he look like the shooter? It's hard to say. You mostly saw him from the back, and you were chasing him through a smoky, dark jazz right. club. Hard to say. Is she back here making coffee and snacks? It seems that way. And listening, but... Right. I grab one cup. <laughs> what are you putting inside cup? Uh, sodium pencil, something to knock him out. Okay. Juicy. Right. I look back at her. Only if necessary. And I slide that one in front of her. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you start from the beginning? We've seen some things and we'd like to have a few questions answered. He rubs his face a little bit. Dad spent the better part of a few years working for the Swifts on account of the, the pay. The packing company pays pretty well, especially when you're good with books like my dad was. He made the most of it, but it wasn't enough. Whatever happened between him and Mr. Swift, I don't, I don't know. But we always seem to be a little bit short. My dad always seemed to have to reach for the next thing. And I never understood why. You see, Mr. Doyle, my, my dad and, and Mr. Swift were friends. I mean, they were the friends for the longest time. They used to go out to those clubs together. They used to enjoy good times together. Him. Swift and, and Pete. And then everything changed. Everything changed. Dad started working late. Mom started staying up late. And then she was staying out late. And, I don't know, Dad got mad one day and he came home and said that he was never stepping foot back in that place again. And then we were trying to find anything else. And it's just like, it, it seemed, Mr. Doyle seemed like every place my dad went to get a different job, he just couldn't get it. And we were talking about being out on the street. And so he swallowed his pride and went back to work for Swift. And it, 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 it broke him. And that's when things got bad. My mom stopped coming around the house. I don't know what happened between her and Mr. Swift, but I know way more than I should. I know that my dad loved my mom. 
and I know that my dad deserved better than what happened. And so I got to tell you, Mr. Doyle, I don't feel a damn bit bad about shooting people, well, it's four or five times. If I could do it again, I'd do it again. And that soulless stain of a man, Terrence Trainer. The world is better off without that scum in it, as far as I'm concerned. One thing my dad taught me was that you gotta take responsibility for what you do. So, that's what I'm here to do. It isn't right that you and your friends are in trouble because of what I did. question just between us yeah did you kill mr. Swift too no I haven't seen him yeah he seems to be missing dad once mentioned that he had a he had a place on Michigan Avenue yeah he's not there either I don't know when my mom talked about him she always held him in this weird regard it was like, it was like the worse my dad would cuss him, the more my mother liked him. It doesn't make any sense. Well, you were in a bad situation. You did what you felt you had to do. No, you said he was pale. Like, does he look like he's sick? Is his, are, like, his eyes red? Like... No, um... Is he pale just because he's, like, a thin, sickly kind of kid? Or does he look like he's, like, actually, like, sick? Hang on one second, Tiff. Sorry. Hey, question, gentlemen. Where's that conversation happening at? This conversation? Yeah. I'm, I'm standing right there. Okay, just yeah. asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not being loud about it or anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to hide it from no, Sammy. I'm just Wait, asking. Yeah. what are you saying? Because Sammy's going to hear whatever you say. Right. Wait, what are you saying? Literally, we cannot let him... I, I'll say it again. We, we cannot let him turn himself in. I believe that to be an advantage if they believe that he is missing. Wait. Wait. Stop. I understand that, you know, for some people it may seem advantageous to not have a murder charge hanging over their heads here at the table? Can we can we agree with that? Some of us would like to get back to our lives. <laughs> you think you're going to go back to your life after this, Mr. Forsythe? Do you think that there's any way that you could actually go back to the way you were after this? Really? I don't think you've examined all the facets of the time. Do you think I would like to spend my time with Detective What's-His-Name in jail? That's my question. That's my entire question. As long as we have, mis as long as we have Mr. Holden here, Samuel, as long as he is safe, then there is, in fact, no danger of you actually going to jail. Because all you have to do is take Mr. Holden to the police station. But... If we do that now, we play our hand early. What hand? This is insanity you're talking. 
Really? Okay. Well, we take him to the jail. Then what happens? He goes to jail. I go free. I get my job back. Okay. I'm sure they will just let you walk away, Mr. Forsyth. So you're saying, wait, wait, so so that's all you're focused on? You're, you you are forgetting everything else that we have been talking about? Miss O'Shea, I am not a man who made, my, who made my money by not doing my job. My entire career has been doing my job. I was hired to do this job, and now I can't do this job because someone shot someone else in a club and they tried to pin it on me. Now the murderer is here saying he wishes to turn himself in and you all are crazy enough to say, no, he shouldn't do that. No, no, no that is not what I said. And besides that, I, I can't believe you're thinking about this when we have been Coffee. discussing and the things that we have seen. Coffee. And you're thinking about your job? Your job is trivial at this point. Mr. Forsyth, coffee? No, thank you. Coffee? <laughs> no, I'm okay, thank you. Perhaps, perhaps you don't understand how the world works, madam. But uh, in the real world, um, bills are due and things have to be paid. And those are paid by employment. And since I would not like to either be A, in jail, or B, unemployed because the person who last hired me lets everyone know that I can't be trusted to work because of a incident that happened that I may be involved with. Yes, I find this very, very insane, what you're saying. Yes, we have seen strange things, but if you're presuming that these people have the power to corrupt the entire Chicago police force more than it is already, to kill this man while he's in jail after admitting to murdering somebody, and then they're going to come after me for what? I haven't done anything. I don't think they're going to care. The fact that you if they don't care, they already don't care. Honestly, um, I agree with Mr. Forsythe. Hmm. Now, I particularly don't care if I have a murder rap hanging over my head. I don't hmm. believe it's going to go anywhere. It's mostly circumstantial at best. But he wants to go back to his life. I, Mr. Holden is a murderer. Absolutely. Sorry, I, I understand why you did it. I have the greatest sympathy for why you did it. But the facts are the facts. When the court will not have. <clears throat> it is to be true. I mean, you still get a trial with 12 honest men. Right, I mean... And it only takes one. I'm going to send him to somewhere other than Chicago then. Facts are the facts. Absolutely. And I'm not disparaging that. I am merely pointing out that there may be a strategic advantage to not doing it right away. I'm not saying not doing it at all. I, I just don't know if... Who is going to keep him safe? Much that much of a advantage over keeping him on ice. Absolutely. Uh, just a proposition. So, uh, Copsal, listen, I can appreciate the whole idea behind strategy, but uh, I'm my own man. I don't need anybody keeping me on ice. Yes. Thanks, though. And he did, um, in fact, come to... He has, he has his own ability to make his own decisions. So, my plan, Doctor, 
is to turn myself in. Would you like us to uh, phone the detective? No. No. I get one casual walk back to Police Plaza, that's about it. But there is something you can do for me. My mother spent the better part of the, her last days in fits of raving madness because of what had been done to her by Jonathan Swift. Whatever, whatever's going on at that packing plant, Mr. Forsyth, has to end. Has to. And if I'm going up the river for the rest of my life for a double murder, I want to know that somebody stepped up and did what I couldn't. Otherwise, you'll have to think about it for the rest of your lives. Because if you think it's over, it's not over. Fair point. That was the point I was trying to make. I mean this to end this pathology, end this infection one way or another. If it's because of some bizarre hocus pocus. Well, we need so to do it. it soon so I can take a train. You do we just, go now? You were to the slaughterhouse, didn't you? Yeah, for about a year. Yeah. Do you know what happened to the uh, burnout area from that fire last winter? Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, we used to live in the back of the yards. Uh, place was called Lake Town for a long time, but once, uh, once the meatpacking place kept getting bigger and bigger, it just became known as back of the yards. I mean, you've been to the house, right? If you were to step outside the back door of our old house, it stares directly at that section of burned up place. Now, at night, my mother would sit with the window sill open and how she stood the smell, I have no idea. But she would wait and watch for this lantern light from that building. And she would walk through this little pass through the gate in the yards from our house to that building. It's nowhere near the packing company. It's in the middle of nowhere. Cluster around a bunch of other buildings that aren't even used anymore. It's hard to find on purpose. I mean, it's burned once, got rebuilt. That's where you gotta go. That's where the pit is? I don't know. To be perfectly honest, I've never been to the building. Well, it's a place to start. 
You say there's a path through the fence, no guards, or is there no fence? Or well, the stockyards doesn't have guards per se; it just has workers. There's a path through the fence, through the back of the yards. You could take, and you could get over through there. And it's not too difficult, but you'd probably have to go at night, just so that way no one was watching. There's less workers at night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe you have to deal with a, a group of people moving cattle up for the next, uh, you know, the next slaughter. But way, way safer than trying to go during the day. You'll be seen in a minute. Listen. In case some of the Yardies get involved with this, keep in mind those workers are good people. They probably have no idea what's going on. Yeah, we'll try to keep them out of it. And if this stuff is as nasty as it looks, I don't think we want it in Chicago's food, right? Right. Or the country's food. Be back into the world. That's what we do. The only uh, Yaris used to hang out with Miss Mallory. Miss Mallory? Yeah. Mallory. The only Mallory I know is Patrick Mallory. Yes. Good dame. Good looking dame. That's real nice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't ring a bell, honestly. I appreciate your time. Appreciate yours. Good luck. Yeah. Your mother talked about you last time we talked to her. He probably grits his teeth pretty hard. You uh you went and saw her at Donnie? Yes. Yeah. I never made it out there. I I couldn't imagine seeing her in that place. Best best not to. Good luck. We'll take care of this. He uh, steps around and heads the doorway. And I open the door for him. He hits the street. And uh, if you watch, it's not taking very long to slip in with the regular old looking crowd around this place. It's about four o'clock. I was to prepare. Yeah. I have some things I need to talk to you about. That means. <coughs> do you need to do? Do you need to speak privately? Yes. It's March, I would right? like to. Uh, it is March. This time I go down what six something probably. If I'm going to be wandering around a meatpacking plant after dark, with who knows what there, I'll I'll need some gear from my house. What can I speak to you? Um, so I wanted to talk to you about my mother. Sure. Um, apparently, my mother had been moved to Arkham a while ago. Before I found her. Before, you know, I was, you know, I was never told that she has been moved. Indeed, someone stepped in and moved her for you. Right. Disturbing. When I'm the last relative. Yeah. Okay. Now my school friend. 
got a hold of me. No, he he went to school out there to his studies. He teaches out there now. Mm. And apparently he lives in Arkham. Mm. But why he would pull records? So this is the information. This was she was getting treatment mm. before. Mm -hmm. but this is when my father left. Mm. So years before. Yes. Seven years before. But if you. Now, you can read over everything, but it talks about her seeing other worlds. Hmm. Out. I just think a lot of this is just a weird coincidence. Aye. Uh, my dear, I do not believe in coincidence. Coincidence is just the longhand version of saying you have no idea what the universe has planned for you. More than a little disturbing. The fact that there anyone was able to move her without your say so. Right. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, Miss O'Shea. Being a doctor and your friend, when this is all over, I will escort you if you would like to Massachusetts if necessary, and we will examine your mother. But not to say that your mother is not important, but we have no, I mean, this Very is difficult. imminently important, but I wanted you to be aware of the situation in case anything else happens. Yes. Keep me up to date. If anything else does happen, please tell me. And as I said, the moment we get this all taken care of, I will be happy to assist you when you travel there. Well, can I keep my bag here in case I'm ever in a situation where I can't go home? Of course. Um, put it in that cabinet, okay. Oh. I have a go bag here. Was that what that is? Yeah. No. Well, now it wasn't. I was gonna leave, okay. but we're gonna take care of this. All right. Things. Yeah. I'm headed out the door. Is any does anyone need a ride? As I go home. We should think about. Does anyone uh, need a ride to your home? Having dinner as well. <coughs> Sir, this is not that kind of engagement. Well, hey, <laughs> listen, it could be. There is actually a wonderful little restaurant um, owned by a Chinese gentleman just up the street. Would you like to try some? Because actually makes wonderful food. <laughs> uh. I tell you what, it's my treat. Hmm? Mm. Ladies, hard to pass up. <laughs> <man's behind laughs> the Offer an elbow to both ladies. Yeah. Ladies, <laughs> Mr. Doyle, shall we go eat food? <laughs> <laughs> we all link arms and skip down Mr. the street. Forsyth, are you hungry? Uh, or did you, did you leave already? I am. I am headed out the door. Ah. Uh, forgive me. I no. can't be more social right now. I have things to do. Absolutely. I'm gonna load him up a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you head out and uh, go eat some dinner. Yep. Down it feels a little strange. Down at Chang's. <laughs> it feels a little strange eating, like preparing almost mm. for something you're really not sure. What exactly is right. there? But you're preparing for it. I try to keep the conversation light and breezy so that none of us stops and thinks about how we might be walking into the eternal pit of eternal damnation. So we don't have to start going. Now this means a meal before uh, as, you, as you get ready, the hours before going over the top. Mm. Yeah, you probably have quite the. Um, I don't know if flashback's the right word for it, but you probably have a lot of the same uh, initial like physiological changes having been in the war and gone over the top of trench lines and whatnot. You probably have a lot of the same 
your stomach does a certain thing, your brain does a certain thing. Going into an iffy situation. Yep. Absolutely. So let it be known for the uh, for the proceedings in the yeah. future. There's I am, a whole lot of magenta cards out in front of you. Yes, there is. Um, I am putting Dear some. <laughs> I, am, I think you got the entire arsenal. <laughs> I did not. I did not, madam. Apparently, he's no, coming back I left to the run rifle at home. Town. I would like to remind all of our listeners that this is not a Pulp Cthulhu campaign. <laughs> and so yet, <laughs> L- Lonnie comes back looking like he's going to run Barter Town now. Yeah. So go, no, no, I simply, I simply go home. And I and I park the car. And in the uh, in the trunk of the car, Uh I pack my electric torch. Okay. My field glasses. Probably a good idea. A compass. Yep. Um. Going spelunking. I mean, <laughs> my crowbar. <laughs> oh, crowbar, excellent. We are headed into a uh, electrician's gloves. Okay. God, what are you not bringing? Um, I will also put some rope in the trunk as well. You and your friggin' rope. A a uh, set of tools. You and your rope. Uh, and then I will uh, also pack my uh, twelve gauge shotgun. There it is. <laughs> now we're talking. And my machete. Okay, so you are ready to plumb the jungles of Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, I'm going to back to the yard of Chicago. The I probably need all of those. <laughs> well, I mean, it's possible. Probably should go back to my office and get my torch and uh, pair of glasses too. So, so why don't we just redline a little bit of this and say that people go and spend an hour or two collecting some oh, things. I already had fun. Because we all feel inadequate after seeing Mr. Forsyth's... Uh, Rocking armory. <laughs> I will also, since it, since it is April yeah. and still a bit it's, chilly it's outside, May. it's, May. it's, it's March. March. It is March. Yes, it's it is March. April. It's close to April, but it's still a bit nippy outside. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe a uh, long jacket uh, similar to the one I wore in the war is is, is uh, essential here. Sure. Uh, except I wasn't in the war. I was at I was in the canal zone, sweating my ass off. That's right. But I'm sure I have a military style jacket in my collection. You probably have um, a type of jacket. I don't know if it's a long jacket given a, um, but you probably have a jacket, yes. Yes. I mean, a, a reasonably, you know, whether it be a wool outdoorsman jacket or something yep. like that. You've got something. Um, so, anybody, anybody else gathering their things? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. I had my things. Right. We'll say that you reconvene at the doctor's at around 6.30. That's given everybody time to get food and to gather their things. Is anyone bringing something with them that I need to be aware of? <laughs> no, I'm leaving my shotgun at home. Oh, are you? Yeah. You have your sword cane. What else, sir? Um, I also have... I'm digging it out of the box. Oh, are you? Yes. Well, most of what I have could actually be kept in my purse. So. Mine too. It's been years since I've looked directly Might at well it. Might as well bring it all, I guess. This is scary enough that I'm going to actually bring it out. You probably have some trepidation even handling it yep. at this point. Yep. I am I am also packing my brass knuckles, a thirty eight revolver, uh, and I have a machete and a 12-gauge shotgun in the trunk. <laughs> Swiss Army Lonnie. <laughs> I also Lonnie have a toothpick, and, and I become forceps. took us... Uh, <laughs> 
took us a few sessions to get here, but we're finally here. Um, so the question is then, is that as you all gather up together and get that same sort of grim determination on your face, if you're bringing your car, Mr. Forsyth, where are you going? Um, Otherwise, y'all are on foot, and it's going to look real weird. I am <laughs> bringing the car. Um, oh, I don't know. If we can do this in slow motion, I think it'd make a badass picture walking down the streets. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a reasonably remote remote enough location where people wouldn't be necessarily investigating uh, a strange car uh, set to the side, and then a group of people equipping for uh, Armageddon. Why don't we just go park in front of the Holden like house? I was going to say, how about an empty house? Yeah, yeah, the Holden house, but would we want to park out in front of the Holden house? Why not? Yeah, he said we could step out the back door and follow a path. This is true. So and if anyone, and if we are being followed, we're and being somebody, followed, and somebody so. has, and somebody has already opened March, up the March, house. It was cold that day. Was it? Yeah. Coat. Pat. <laughs> um, replenishing my doctor's bag with uh, painkillers, antibiotics. Oh, sure. Speaking of, I'm going to ask you for painkillers. You know, because I'm going to be moving around with the stitches oh. across my chest. I thought you just meant in general. I think that's very bad for you. But if you need them for a specific purpose, sure. <laughs> oh, I thought you were asking him. Made painkillers. You know. You, uh, you head out towards the Holden <laughs> House. Yes. You're, uh, Doyle, you're giving directions to Mr. Oh. Forsyth. How is it looking right there? Bad. I'll kind of make a few adjustments to the route. The nice part about the Holden House is that uh, the back of it is wide open. And so the separation area between the back of the yards and the actual stockyards itself, uh, there's not a, a, I mean, there's a, there's basically a big flat kind of underdeveloped portion of piece of land that sits between the two. So directly from the back of the yards, the back of those houses, the lots basically line up with the stockyards. I mean, there are a few things uh, are in and around there, but for the most part, there's a reason why they're called the back of the yards. It also smells here. So the thing that was that was pretty prevalent at the time was just the the odor of being near meat a meat packing zone. Awful stink. Uh huh. Yeah. It is. It is unavoidable. Rotten old blood, mud, shit. Yeah, well, you know, a relatively reasonable collection of all that. Yes. You find a place to park the car. Should you so choose, you could actually park the car behind the house. Yes, I will do so. Uh, you know that the Holden house, uh, or the at least the third floor anyway, uh, is abandoned. There's nobody there. And as long as, you know, Mr. Forsythe, I suppose, takes the either the key or the crank lever, it would be very difficult for someone to make off with the vehicle. Yes. So, yeah, that's where you sit, behind the Holden house. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, um, I've, I have some things here in case anybody needs them. Well, what kind of things? 
My coat, I'm assuming, in trench coat fashion has uh, several pockets on the inside. It's not actually a trench coat. Well, it's not actually a trench coat, but it's a it's a it's a thick, you know, uh, longer than waist coat, but it's not an actual trench coat. Not, I'm going, not widely used anyway. I'm gonna sit at that window, like Sammy was talking about, and okay. while they're like sorting out whatever they're sorting out, I'm gonna keep an eye out and see if I can see. Do any of you not have a Make personal a weapon? I'm fine. Spot it is. Just there with my cane. I am how concerned. That is a big old fail. Okay. Well, we do find something large. Nope. As in how large are you expecting? Like a bear. I don't know, but if there's a pit or something that in it. It's probably a snake. I'm willing at this point to go out on the limb that there are things that I do not understand. <laughs> I think we all probably are. It's probably a snake. As I'm like looking out the window. How, well now when you say snake, uh, I immediately think garden, garden snake. That's not what you're speaking of. No, like Casacotal, huge, giant. So I'm gonna use my field glasses. I'm gonna scout the uh, spotted. Yes. Well, anybody who's- I also. Especially if you're using binoculars. We're probably right. I mean, how insane does it actually sound like? Because, I mean, we've seen Uh, 26 out of 34. Okay, so you guys are scanning the the distance there into the stockyards with binoculars. And you get, you roll over a couple of different buildings with your eyes just visually in the distance. And you can see, you think anyway, a couple of different buildings that lay... In, in an undeveloped area of the stockyards. It looks like at one point they were going to be buildings near one of the railroad crossings, but it looks like mm, they just never got fully built. You don't, you didn't get a, a chance to get a hand on any pictures from the fire, at least from the, the news report that was made about it. But you didn't have any associated pictures, so you can't tell if that's them. But they are you know, in a relatively out of the way area. And there's no stockyard pens near there. The only thing that runs near there at all is uh, in anywhere shape or close is railroad lines. And so there aren't people milling about those buildings at all. So should we wait for the lantern or you think that lantern's not gonna show up if uh, Mrs. Holton's not here? I don't know. That's what I'm sitting here trying to figure out. Like. Looking for the lantern. Did she have a signal that she would use? What did you say? He said that she just looked out the window waiting for that lantern to show up. Which is what I'm doing. I don't. I doubt the lantern would be showing up if it was for her. Well, however, but was it for her? That might be just somebody going there, and she wanted to be there too. Right. Then we wait. Like a way all night, though. Uh-oh. Okay, so the I don't think I don't think waiting is is the correct um, thing to do here. Well, we don't know a building exactly. It's probably one of those buildings, but we don't know which one exactly. Where that. That is true. And it would be even worse than uh, waiting all night for a lantern to show up. Going out there and showing up at the same time, whatever these guys and whatever else is going on out there shows up. 
Fair enough. Yeah, because if they show up first, at least maybe we can get an idea of how many people are there, what's there, before we actually like walk into it. They get for all we know, maybe there's not even anything going on. Right. Tonight. Yeah. So are you going to just watch the area for a while, or Lonnie, are you thinking something else, or what's the... If there's a group decision to come to, let me know. Would the would the view from the street be unobstructed, or would we want to be upstairs to see? Well, now that you think about it, Sammy's story that he ta- said that his mom used to sit at the windowsill and look for the light. Uh, just based on your architectural knowledge, you you would know that her elevation would be different than what you have here on the ground. Yeah, so... We'll go upstairs? Yeah, we'll go upstairs. Right. Somebody's uh, already opened the house to casual visitors. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Doyle has uh, paid a visit here before. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done anything like that. There's so, a there's a there's a plaque on, there's a plaque on the door that says this lock was picked by Jack. <laughs> You've got to stop leaving us. <laughs> that is terrible. So the uh, the group heads in Maybe relatively. You know this is the first day this weekend. I haven't committed a felony yet. <laughs> there's still time. Yet. Um, I'm gonna wait after midnight. Yeah. You uh, make your way inside the Holden house up the stairway to the third floor. Mm-hmm. You find the house just the same as you left it before, Mr. Doyle. So uh, there's the main room here has been not, you don't know if ransacked, but it looks like there's some sort of altercation happened here. So there's a broken chair. There's a couple of tipped over pieces of furniture. Uh, there's a record player. There's, um, it looks like at one point there was a mirror on the wall. It's shattered now in the corner. Um, but if you're, kind of moving through the house you'll eventually get to the kitchen which is kind of nearby where uh, the back stairwell is mm-hmm. and you can look out the window uh, and if you're going to look out that window two people can look out probably at the same time if you'd like to retake your spot hidden rolls you can do that yeah i guess we'll, we'll look first and then you know give everyone a chance to stare <laughs> no and worse nope okay I I will yeah I will hand I will hand uh, Madame O'Shea my uh, field glasses man hands over here (laughs) no alright what are we looking at (laughs) we're looking for the lantern can you see the lantern I got a seven you're all blind I got a five yeah I got Seven under seven under forty five. Well, actually, seven under nine, which yeah, is my so, so yeah. Extreme. I'm under oh, extreme. What's that? Okay, so a, couple, a, couple, a pair of extreme successes eventually. Um, you guys do some staring for probably a good fifteen or twenty minutes, passing off between people trying to get um, bearings, did bearings, different different sets of eyes. Uh, what the two of you eventually key in on is not a lantern. What you key in on, at least initially, what you key on in on is a building that has one side of it that has burn marks on it. And it looks like a good 90% or so of this building has been rebuilt. And maybe there might be a building on that has been built on top of it. But you find the burn mark on the side of that building. And then as your kind of field glasses go down a little bit, you see the, the just the ever so slight glint of orange 
light. Do you see that? I do. Right there. Yeah. Mr. Gordon. Yeah, I right. do. There. No, no, to the left. There. <laughs> Laser pointer. After he points, after he points it out to you, it's a little easier to see what he's getting at. Um, but it's definitely worth something. Is uh, a look. If you both too. haven't uh, checked your spot hidden boxes, you probably should. Now. Yeah. Um, is the I repeat my question: Is anyone here lacking a personal weapon? No. Pull out a dagger. That's uh, no, I am well prepared. I have enough. He goes first. Two gun mojo. <laughs> okay, you've identified the building. It's right. directed Wu, which is any movie by John Wu. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the plan? I guess we're going. Okay. We're gonna sneaky snake it. You exit the house. One small snake. Walk into the backyard and begin walking over the mud and the muck to tra- traverse your way over. No one up. Or no one up and down the street. Where you walk from. Well, you're not walking through the street. You're walking. Yeah. Through the fence. Yeah, technically through fields. But we didn't see anybody moving around. No, I mean, there's local traffic here, but but. Nobody's stopping. Nobody's <laughs> hanging out. It's too cold. Yes. It's a little too chilly tonight. I meant to put on man's pants. Man's um, pants. Yeah, take mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not this episode. <laughs> yeah, there might be some in the closet. There's the pants probably all over oh, the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why I thought to hit. <laughs> This is probably a mistake, but I will leave the shotgun in the car, in the trunk. Oh, I wish we had a shotgun right now. <laughs> yeah, I we may I think that. Bring any grenades? <laughs> <laughs> we may think that, but I think it's a little bit too inconspicuous or conspicuous to uh, be toting around <coughs> uh, at the plant. My or lovely oh, just, just, a, just a legal footnote here, just yeah. so you. Kind of put this on a page here. Just kind of remember it. Carrying around a shotgun isn't technically illegal. I mean, no. I mean, it's not technically illegal until the nineties. I don't right. think. Right, but you just don't carry around a shotgun. Yeah. The stockyards in general. Okay. That's what he's uh. <laughs> Well, no, I will carry the shotgun anyways because I'm a paranoid ass. No, it's okay. <laughs> he goes to put it back in his car and you guys see him double think it. No, no, no. So, the mud and the muck and a long walk towards something awful. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yep. And that's where we draw the curtain tonight. Uh, <laughs> Anybody else smell that? Uh, it all smells awful. Sorry. <laughs>